Welcome to another episode of Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns. Today we have a special guest who is going to delve in the fascinating world of dream analysis. But before we introduce our guest, a quick reminder to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review if you enjoy our content. Now let's get to our special guest today. Megan Mary is a member of the International Association for the Study of Dreams and has been featured in publications such as Authority Magazine, Parade Magazine, Very Well Mind, to name a few. She holds certifications in interpreting dreams and symbols and teaches classes on dream decoding and dream analysis. Other cool places you can find her will be the Insight Timer, Guide to Light, Five Minutes for Me, and the Wisdom app. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, Megan, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, why dream analysis has been such an inspiration for your life? Yes. So, when I was a child, I had a lot of recurring dreams, both good and bad. So night recurring nightmares, as well as recurring wonderful flying dreams that were fantastic. And I always wondered what they meant, where we go when we dream, why we spend so much time there, that there must be a greater reason than what we're taught. And I was always really fascinated by everything magical, mystical, esoteric, metaphysical and i was always questioning and seeking and wondering what was behind what i could see and as a teenager i like most people would look at dream dictionaries try to figure out what they meant through those and really just seeked a whole bunch of different things through college you know um, studying different philosophies and theories and psychology and astronomy and everything. And as an adult, I kind of stopped paying attention. I kind of stopped paying attention to my dreams and really kind of drifted quite a ways from my spiritual path. And it wasn't until I became really ill and was diagnosed with three different chronic illnesses that I started to really delve back into my inner world and write down my dreams again and pay attention to what was going on, started meditating a lot. 
and started receiving a lot of guidance all at once when that happened. And the guidance was really to listen to my dreams and to also spread the word to have other people listen to their dreams. I love that. And you bring up a really good point that when we go into things with the symbolism of dreams, astrology, metaphysical, spiritual, esoteric, all can be a part of it. You know, there's never just one focus. Dreams are so, so big. So I hear that there is a paddle boarding story from Hawaii. Can you, Mm. I haven't heard this story yet. Would you mind sharing it? (laughs) Yes. And this is actually the first time I've shared this, um, that I've spoken this, I wrote it, but, but you're the first to ask me to discuss it. So, (laughs) so thank you. Um, So over the summer, I went to Maui. Um, This was before uh, all the fires, um, probably just a few days before, and uh, with my husband for our anniversary. And when we go, we've been there before, we've been there quite a bit. And when we go there, we usually don't do a lot of activities. And he wanted to paddleboard. And so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. But I'm usually pretty antsy about those types of things because I'm not a good swimmer. And so I was setting out on the board and I was really nervous about getting my footing. And when I started out, I started realizing I found myself humming to myself. And then I found myself singing to myself and I normally wouldn't, I'm not the kind of person that likes, feels comfortable singing out loud. I don't whistle. I don't really, I don't even like to play like music on my phone or like out loud because I feel like I'm disturbing other people. So I'm not, (laughs) I'm a seen that hurt kind of person. And I was singing and it was not something I really knew where it came from. It was, it a language that wasn't even English. And I was singing it to myself almost like I was soothing myself. And the more I started singing it, the calmer I felt. And it had verses and choruses, and it had this whole language that I didn't know what it meant, but it was coming out of me. And when I kept riding, we probably rode around for over an hour, maybe, and I was singing it the whole time. And when I got further, the furthest away from the water or from, sorry, from land, I sat down on my board and I turned around and looked back at at the, the hotel and the land. And between me and land was just all of this amazing sparkling ocean the the sun was shining at such an angle that every single little teeny wave was this giant sparkle and i immediately realized that i had one of those existential experiences that every single sparkle i was seeing was a spirit and that they were all around me and that what I had been singing was a light language, but I didn't really even know that. I didn't know about that. I didn't know what was happening. I just was like moved, deeply moved and felt, oh my God, you know, like just started tearing up, just had this really amazing moment. And then I, you know, rode back to shore and, um, 
you know, a couple of weeks later, once we got back from vacation, I woke up one morning and I had the song in my head and I was like, okay, I, I got to record this. So I recorded it on my phone and I haven't released it or anything, but I just wanted to remember what, what it was. And I didn't want to forget. I didn't want to forget that experience. That's partly why I wrote it, a blog about it because I thought this is so profound. And if you don't write this down, it's going to get lost in a notebook somewhere. And it's, it's, it's not going to have the effect that it should. So yeah, that's awesome. Like I think dreams and and the things that we channel through are really really powerful. And so speaking of powerful things, you are a dream interpreter extraordinaire, dare I say. <laughs> and what is give us an example of like the most memorable or unique or profound dream that you've helped a client with that's that's impacted their life the most. Mm -hmm. Well, I did have this one uh, podcast episode that I did actually, and it was a dream that my guest had had probably seven, five or seven years earlier, but it was after her divorce and she had always wondered what it meant. And she had gone to other dream interpreters actually trying to find out and the in the episode i went through my method which is which i call the dream mirror method and really walked her through her subconscious as opposed to me saying well this in a dream always means this this always means that mm -hmm. and it really was a representation of her shadow and her shadow aspects and even though her ex-husband and her and some other family members were there in the dream i was able to help her understand the dream in a way that she had never experienced before and she felt that it was so profound and so healing and so transformative that she really just was in in awe <laughs> and shocked and i was i was moved myself because i i never fully know what sometimes i'm communicating and it was so powerful and then i also did an a live oracle reading for her and that also just was spot on resonated with her experience and yeah it was just it was just an amazing moment so that that episode is um, went live in august so it's it's out there in the ethers very cool so i know that like obviously you've had profound dreams and they they affect you a lot but maya and gia do you guys i don't even know i don't think i've ever asked you do you guys remember your dreams do you guys dream a lot or is it like some people don't dream. It blows my mind, but you know, no judgment. <laughs> I'm a vivid dreamer and I have, so I'm, because I'm a scientist, I, I have been trying to make connections as to what dreams are what for years. And sometimes I'll have dreams that are premonitions. And then there's times where 
I have dreams where I know it's in a past life. And then there are other times where I'm just not sure. Like I know that it's probably my higher self or my spirit guides who are telling me a message. Um, and then there's, there's even uh, with the romance book that I was, that I've been writing. I, I had gotten to the point where I was actually dreaming the next chapter, mm. which was just like, holy crap, this is awesome. Yes. <laughs> and, and so I, you know, I have been finally, I would say in the past few months, trying to keep a journal. Um, and, and, you know, in some of these, it's like the premonition dreams some of them are as um, soon as the next day. Um, I had my grandpa come to me in a dream before he had passed. And, you know, I, I, he, he passed the next day. Um, and then there were some where Christina and I were actually having, I'm sorry, a friend of mine and I were having cross cross dreams of the same things happening, but it was, oddly apocalyptic and so neither of us have figured out exactly when that's going to come if it is and hopefully not but i don't know i'm a vivid dreamer i even there's times where i i can actually um slightly manipulate in my dreams um when i'm feeling very uncomfortable with the dream but it's something I'm still working on. So that's me. I don't know, Maya, do you? I don't ever uh, remember my dreams. Um, I used to think it was because I have aphantasia. But I think more recently, I've come to the conclusion that I've just turned it off. Yes. So... Yeah, Megan, what as I see you nodding, I have to ask, what are the reasons for turning off or what are the reasons for poor dream recall? Is that like something that we know or is it like a fluke? There's a lot of reasons, obviously. And so if you have a, any kind of medical condition, if you've had trauma to, to, the, to the brain or the head, that can affect it. Um, if your estrogen is low, so estrogen being high can make our dream recall higher as we go through our cycles or if we're premenopausal or menopausal and are and we're not supplementing the estrogen as our estrogen dips our our dream recall will also decline and then also there is the very typical case where you decided at some point subconsciously to turn that off and it might not have even really been a, a waking decision but it was something that you decided because of whatever you experienced at some point that you don't really want to go there and you don't want to know what, what's in there and you'd rather just forget it. And so you do subconsciously block it. Yeah, I would agree. I think most of my clients, um, when they come in and have trouble with dreams, it's either a subconscious, they turned it off or there's an energy block somewhere. And I mean, there, like you said, there are so many different ways that that can go about so let's say hypothetically or using maya as our sacrificial lamb that 
Let's say we have someone that we happen to know who is fabulous and a great practitioner and amazing intuitive as she is, but can't do dream recall. Is there anything she can do to improve that or is she shit out of luck? No, there definitely are techniques. And one of them uh, is meditation. Because when we dream, we enter into the theta brainwave state. And when we meditate, we enter into that same theta brainwave state. And so regularly entering into theta and, and cultivating that sense of mindfulness can many times allow us to be more easily able to transition into that space and more comfortable in that space. Another thing that I really encourage people to do is when you first wake up in the morning, don't immediately turn the light on or pick up your phone uh, unless you're going to record your dream on your phone. Try to sit still with your eyes closed and explore what I call the middle world, which is that space where you're slipping in between waking and dreaming, where you might fall back asleep, you're starting to think of something, but you're not really controlling your thoughts, and you're just kind of in that little wavy moment. And that's where you can start to think backwards, is what I call it. And so it's basically... Like when you walk into a room and you say, why did I come in here? And you have to stop and think, okay, what was I just doing? I was going to do this. What? And you retrace your steps mentally. It's very much like that. And so you start to think backwards. Okay, what was I just experiencing, talking about, seeing, who was I with? What was I doing? And you try to, it's a it's a muscle that you have to exercise like anything else. And so it's a, it's part intention, part practice that you start to just focus on that every day, give it a little bit of focus. And eventually you'll start to get one little hit. Oh yeah. I was in a park. I was with my friend that I had in, in kindergarten. Oh, Okay. And as soon as you get one thing, then you start concentrating on that and the rest can start to reveal itself retro retroactively kind of goes from the the last thing you experienced to the first thing backwards i love i that. love that you bring that up <laughs> i'm really actually good at that slow getting awake and out of bed process and <laughs> i think it's i mean i was very sick as a child and so i spent a lot of time in between it felt like so many different realms Mm -hmm. And, but anymore, part of it's just because I'm kind of lazy and I love sleep. But at the same time, it is, I, I've noticed that like when I'm doing that, you know, slow wake up process, it, I do recall my dreams mm -hmm. very vividly. And even like, even incorporating right after not turning lights on or anything, but even doing some like early morning yoga stretches, you know, right after getting out of bed. It, yes. I love that. It's, it's pretty great. Well, I might have to schedule an appointment because <clears throat> um, I don't see visions in meditation either. Mm. Like mm -hmm. I have barely any visual ability and when I do it's usually because of somebody else like this is really hard to explain but um, I was in a year and a day program and we did meditations often and um, 
I never had visual in any of my meditations when I was meditating alone. But if I was meditating in a group, I would get visions, but I would get them from their meditation. Mm. It's like I would jump in and hijack their experience. Um, so I don't know if maybe I cut off my own visual ability as well. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. De- definitely. And so um, as as we're talking about dreams and everything, you often say drop the dream dictionary. And I could not agree more. And I have my own feelings about it. <laughs> but mm-hmm. why why do you say that? And how is your approach different from let's be honest, Google. <laughs> yes. People just Google like, what did teeth mean in dreams? And yep. yeah, I, everyone is a unique beastie. So the idea that teeth mean something to everyone is so unrealistic to me, but please tell me your opinion. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely right. And so my opinion is that every single dreamer their dream is individual to them. And so while we can tap different archetypes or cultural norms or patterns across dreams, things like that, everybody's dream about teeth or about being chased or about being late or about being lost are all very different because of the details. And so my method makes sure that we really draw out all the little details and then I ask I ask a lot of questions and that's where I serve as a mirror instead of a dictionary. And I don't want to have to put the meaning on it. I want to draw it out from you. And, you know, that is puts more onus on you and also is more empowering for you because then you really feel like you're getting your own experience out of the meaning. And it's going to be something that is more insightful for you to then in, integrate into your life and benefit you in your growth versus me just saying, well, you dropped about an owl and an owl always means this. Yep, definitely. So with dropping the dream dictionary, with all of your uh, gifts and abilities, and quite frankly, the knowledge that you've learned through through training that you've committed to, we uh, shared one of Gia's dreams with you. Would you mind flexing your expertise for us? <laughs> yes. Is that is that too much to ask in this <laughs> today? No, I actually have a lot a lot of notes about it. And <laughs> so, so yeah. Gia, if you wouldn't mind, could you quickly uh, just describe the dream? Because we've all we've all read the notes and know what it is, but our listeners haven't. So, Gia, what was your dream? Please share. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So I have the most wicked random dreams ever. And okay. And, and and I do apologize. I actually have to pull it up because it has been a little while since I had this dream, but I remember that there were some like high school aged kids in it that I had gone to high school with but I didn't know very well and this group of them they they were like it started where I was I was placed on scene they were it was almost like you know those um what are they called those power where all the power lines connect to those kind of gated facilities they were in there and they were 
they were making, they were putting explosives up everywhere. And I watched as another group went to try to stop them and they um, essentially killed them. Not like the ones doing the explosives killed the other ones who were trying to stop them. Um, and then all of a sudden it was like I was put just a, a little bit ahead of that incident in time where now I can see the ones who were trying to stop them. They were on a bridge and they were looking at the kids in this gated facility and they were trying to figure out how to stop them and how to do that. I mean, I, emotions, I, 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 my feet, I could feel the ground. Um, when I dream, I dream vividly, vividly, but it, it is as if I am actually there. And it was crazy. But anyways, I could see them rigging the explosives. Um, and I remember, I remembered in that moment, what I had just witnessed that was going to happen. And all of a sudden this like explosion of like emotion and need to stop them rose up within me. I ran to the gate of where they were in, uh, broke it open. Like I like hulked out, which was really bizarre, like some supernatural Hulk powers at this point. And I started to, to kind of attack them, not to try to kill them, but mainly just to try to, you know, get them to stop. But I was too late. And so some of them had gotten way and into a vehicle. Um, yet, I did alter the timeline a little bit because they did not kill the other group of kids. And even though they did get in the vehicle, um, I also managed to drag um, one of them that I had knocked unconscious out just before essentially any explosives would have gone off. Um, I yelled at the other group to let the police know that they had like a remote detonator with a GPS tracker in it. Um, and just as I had like, cause I was still running with this kid as I was screaming. And just as I got a safe enough distance away, it, it, it exploded. Now, right before I woke up, there was this really, it, it felt creepy to me at the time, ethereal scream that I, I'd swear was, it was a scream that was coming, not just, not from the dream, but actually from somewhere in between, and this is going to sound really off, but in between different realities in a way. And it was screaming so loudly that my, my waking self that was trying to wake myself up, as well as my dreaming self that was getting out of the dream, could hear it. And when I, when I woke up, I sat up and I swear I felt like someone was standing next to me and they just like disappeared. So that, that's the dream in the nutshell there. (laughs) 
What do you got, Megan, for that <laughs> for that dream there? <laughs> okay. Well, I have a lot. So first, what I would ask you to do, I'm going to just walk you through my method really quick. So it's four steps. It's memory, mood, mirror, okay. and metaphor. And so the first step is memory. And that's where you, what you just did. You tell me your dream in your own words. Then I ask you if you were going to give this dream a title, like it was a story, what would you name it? That is a really good question. Ooh, <laughs> that's a tough one. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. Well, it felt in the dream, it felt like it wasn't just an explosion that was affecting that area, but that something was going to happen all around the cities. So if I would, were to give it a title, it would be, oh, stopping the violence. Mm, okay. that, that just came to me. Yes. Okay. So then the next step is mood. And that's where I ask you to look at your mood either before you went to sleep, during the dream, or after the dream, or all three. And so do you, do you remember what your mood was the day that you went to sleep for this dream? It wasn't that long ago, but if not, that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I was incredibly fatigued. Um, I was sick. And... So I, I really just, my mood was just more exhaustion and just, just tired. And, and I wouldn't say there was anything else really going on with like sadness or anger or frustration. It just, I was just tired and not feeling well. Okay. And how about in the dream? Very. Oh, oh go ahead. I like yeah. that. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No. Yes. In the dream. I practically hulked out. I felt mm -hmm. energetic. I felt strong. I felt like an important aspect into helping others. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. And when you woke up, how did you feel? Freaked out. And alert. Okay. So the third step is mirror, and that's where, rather than a dream dictionary, I try to act as a mirror to your subconscious and ask you a series of questions about the different scenarios in the dream that draw out a lot of your subconscious associations. So in this stage, where we look at the people, the places, the situations, the actions, if there's weather or color or numbers or clothing or all the different little details that you might've written down. And so what I've done is sort of decoded the dream, if you will. And if I take all of the actions separately that you've written down, this is the series of the actions. Running, laughing, killed, get away, 
claiming liberation, rigging, yelling, trying to restrain, exploded, broke open, attacked, dragging, exploded, scream. And so a lot of those words really, if you take those words, they just paint a picture of the whole of the whole trajectory and the journey of the dream. Now I want to look at the settings all first, and I want to see that you are first placing this in high school or because the people were in your high school and you say that you don't didn't know them that well, but if you were to describe, think of those people and describe them in a few adjectives, not how they looked, but how they behaved or what you perceived them like, what would those words be? Wow. Um, So the group that was causing the violence, what I remember from them is, um, They were generally pretty popular. Um, they usually got away with quite a bit from the adults in the community and other students because of their status. The kids who were fighting them off I don't think I ever remember any of them. Oh, I didn't really know them, but they didn't look like any one of them were like grew up together, were friends. They were, they seemed, oh my gosh, they seemed more like individual, like outcasts. This is amazing. Um, Okay. So it's really good to pay attention to the people that are occurring in the dream because where they place, where they, where you know them from places, emotions, your experience with them in high school, as well as what they metaphorically represent. So then I want to look at, the there are some other people in the dream such as the innocent people that are killed do you know do you know them did you know them no okay and and they actually yeah no i didn't know them and Um, okay and then the person the the person that you knock unconscious is that the kid that is the kid and is that a kid you knew No. Okay. So then I want to look at the the setting. And so the setting is a bridge. And a bridge is a metaphor for a transition, yeah. a place between, it's how you get from one place to another. It's also how two things are connected. And so I want to ask 
some questions about what, let's see, what is a remote detonator? If I didn't know, what would you say the purpose of that is? To be able to set off an explosive or device um, from a far enough distance. And so it's, it's a radio transmission frequency. Mm-hmm. And I, I know this from the movie Die Hard, by the way, okay. know, because I do anything with explosives. <laughs> and what is the purpose of a GPS tracker? To be able to keep track of the location at all times, even mm-hmm. movement. Okay. So let's see. And for this, it's to track down where the kids who set off the explosives were going. Okay, yes. So to be able to, you wanted the police to know that they had a GPS tracker on it. So even though they could remotely detonate and harm other people, that they could eventually be found by the police who in this case would hopefully save the town, defuse the situation. Okay. So I also really like the time loop in this dream. I really like that you experience something and then you're able to travel in time before that scenario and actually change the scenario. And so that energetic feeling that you have is really indicative of your ability to really affect the situation. So when we look at the next step, which is metaphor, and we look at everything that we've divulged from this, from this story, and then we look at it as a metaphor for your life, there is, you're in this place of transition. And on one end of the bridge is restraint. And on the other end of the bridge is liberation. Because those are the two energies that are happening here. When when you, in your dream story, you say that the, the people that are rigging the explosives are claiming that they're liberating the city of the infected. Mm-hmm. And so that word, that sense and that concept of liberation is present. But then there's yes. also the concept of restraint present. And so it's the two fighting each other. Now, the fact that those kids who get away with things because of their status kill innocent people that is the death of innocence. That is essentially the the people or that part of yourself that had to die at that time because mm-hmm. of your experience with those people around you. And 
in the dream, you're able to revisit that scenario and have a powerful effect on it. So you're breaking it open and you're exploding it and you're able to change the scenario so that the innocence doesn't die. Your innocence. That is really powerful. And so you're also able to get yourself to a semi-safe distance. So you're able to cross that bridge, that metaphorical bridge, where you're able to save yourself, get yourself in a safe space. And who do you bring with you? A child. You're not even sure who that is, but it's part of you. And you save it from that explosion. So that time loop is really your reclaiming that scenario and changing it for the good, saving yourself and crossing that bridge. Okay, this is amazing. I know we don't know each other. We just met. But I'm trying to hold back tears right now. <laughs> um, there's so many references now, like connections to all of every aspects of my life. Even, and I, this is not a plug, I promise. This is not, but even I, I was going to ask the same thing. Oh my gosh, my books, my book title is Crossing the Bridge. And yes, and the main, the main character, she, she is a bridge and she helps bridge people to what they desire, but she can't bridge things for herself. And this is the book that I even have dreams of the chapter before I write it. Wow. I, I didn't even know you were a writer. I, I actually, when you said that about your, that you dream about your novel i i was excited because i'm a writer i'm a fiction writer and and my the concept for my book came from my dream so yes isn't that it it is amazing and but every single connection you made because i am you know i'm in my 40s but i am one who has suffered great deals of trauma in my life majority of them happening when i was a child Mm mm-hmm and my innocence was taken away in just about every aspect, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I have been very independent and I'm raising my child all by myself. And these transitions that you're mentioning, it's there are so many changes within me that I have been making. And, you know, the F word comes out a lot more than it used to. <laughs> um, thank you. Oh, absolutely. Holy yes. cow. This is amazing. That whole process you just did, I, I was visualizing things in my mind. Mm. I could hear things. Every bit of this dream completely makes sense to me now. 
That's so wonderful. Thank you, Megan, for for sharing. Thank that. you. Like your, yes. that was real. That was really cool just to listen to. So natural segue, if you don't mind, Megan. This was an amazing thing to watch, and I I know Gia like is super grateful, and it was an amazing thing for yes. her experience. She's she's not a crier on on podcast easy here so if someone wants your expertise if someone wants the the gift that you that you have to give in a session how would they go about scheduling with you or finding you are you available for private sessions or no like can can you how can people get to you let's talk yes. about this now <laughs> <laughs> yes i am available for private sessions i do um separate freestanding dream sessions like what we just experienced i also do what i call a dream journey and it's a series of four dream sessions and those are usually around specific things that you want to address so i have four different ones one for nightmares one for recurring dreams one that is around lucid dreaming and dream manifestation for creativity as well as one that is about the it's called the crossroads and it's about transitions in life and as part of those i provide curated healing modalities as you go through your journey so that you can integrate what you've learned because many times just discovering that it's like, okay, now what do I do? Now I know what my dream means, but now what do I do? Um, I also have live events and I have an online, two different online courses that give you a little bit of a primer into the dream mirror method. They teach you tips and techniques so you can start using it for yourself and I have a community that I've recently launched called the Women's Dream Collective, which is a place where women can come seek, share, and support each other. Once a month, I do a live dream circle, and I also do a live networking circle because I really want all the women that are heart-led entrepreneurs to gather together and support each other. And, and then I have my podcast, Women's Dream Enlightenment, which is where I do deep discussions, live dream interpretations, and have women on that share their stories of spiritual awakening. That is awesome. I love it. Thank you so much. So we are actually almost out of time. But one thing that I want to touch on really quickly is um, lucid dreams. For those who don't know what they are, because... Honestly, I feel like a lot of people have misconceptions about what a lucid dream is and what it can do. Like, it's not, in my opinion, it's not a genie where it's like, I'm going to dream this and control everything and then I'm going to manifest it into life like a unicorn shits rainbows. But I feel like that's what it's become in like mainstream media. Like, lucid dreaming is this superpower. What can you describe to our listeners what lucid dreaming is? Yeah, so it's the process whereby you attain a state of lucidity in your dreams, which basically means you realize you're dreaming. And what's powerful about it is that it has a very empowering aspect. It also has a very healing aspect. A lot of people think it's just for fun and games, and really it can be the way that you transform your subconscious patterns because if you do have recurring dreams or nightmares and you're able to practice attaining lucidity, you can actually, once you realize 
you're dreaming because you you don't enter the dream immediately knowing it's you're in the dream and then you realize you are and then you can alter the course of the dream to to make it a different outcome from what you might just passively be observing if it's a nightmare or if it's a recurring dream and that really allows you to take control of your of your life reflexively because when you can start to face your fears and you can start to change scenarios in your dream you realize that you can actually have that power in your life and it can synergistically affect the way that you're living which then will synergistically affect the content of your dreams so it really does have a lot of a lot of healing and self-improvement applications it's an empowering experience to be yes. sure, to be sure i love that so uh, before we wrap up, Gia, do you have any other final comments about dreams and dream interpretation? I am so grateful. And everything, I felt like you and I were connecting like on so many levels during that interpretation. This, this was awesome. And I'm really grateful. Um, I'm going to have to schedule a session <laughs> some more with you. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I think that there, there are so many things that we can learn from our dreams. I think that there are so many things that can help us on our paths for greater success. Um, it, it, I think dreams are a key to our growth as beings and so that those are my thoughts on dreams i love it maya do you have anything you would like to add to our lovely little dream uh discussion from from your unique perspective as someone who doesn't remember dreams or or visualize in general i'm excited to learn with her some tips on opening up that closure that I made back in, I was probably under the age of seven. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about that because if that opens up my subconscious to dreaming, maybe I will have my visualization back. I mean, I don't, I don't know where it would go, but to me, it's really exciting to unlock something that I've been trying for so long. Yes. And our subconscious is mostly comprised of what happened to us before we were seven. So seven is like that key oh, <laughs> you hit right on it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I did a lot more damage to myself other than turning it off, but I think sure. even just getting that rolling. Yeah. Hopefully without reliving it all will make great um, impactful changes for me. Yes. Absolutely. And I think that dreams are incredibly powerful. Dream interpretation can help people with their, with their lives, their future and healing from their past. I know when I work with clients, it's, it's all about how is this helping them? How is this helping them grow or process or anything like that? So dreams are incredibly powerful. I think, uh, more people should invest their time in them. Um, because they're just a wealth of information that that you've obviously unlocked. I've unlocked with my clients, but any 
anyone can unlock it. You know, it's like schedule a session, unlock it. It's fabulous. That's that's what I think about about dreams for for this session. And there are tools to use and everything like that. So what, Megan, are your final thoughts about about dream interpretation and the fabulousness of this field that that you've chosen to be an expert in? Yes. I, I feel that dreams are are the key. That's why I always have keys on. And I also feel that they're a doorway to reflection, enlightenment, and awakening, and magic. And by that, I mean magic with a K, because magic with a K is any action taken to affect personal transformation. And that's what dreams can do for you is really start you on your journey of, of personal transformation. So that would be my recommendation to everyone is to start listening to your dreams. And you can always book a free discovery call with me. I offer that as well. And just be willing and open to start start listening to your intuition and connecting with your subconscious. I love that. So to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to like, share, follow. We have tons more episodes coming up that are going to be fabulous and interesting. We just finished uh, recording the Claire's. Uh, which is stuff that you can watch and listen to. And remember, there, of course, are free resources that we provide lovingly collected by Maya, because quite frankly, she is the best. And I so much appreciate all the work that she does because yes. I don't. I, I, I love all of you deeply. I love all of our listeners. I love all of our followers. I will never love you the way Maya loves you. Okay. Let's just be clear <laughs> about who loves you more. It's her. It's her. <laughs> like, share, and follow for her. Not for me, for her. She's committed to you. I am here because I enjoy talking to everyone and everything. So thank you guys for, for tuning in and staying with us on this absolutely amazing journey. And I actually want to thank Gia for sharing a dream and being vulnerable and being open to having it interpreted and we're recording like this is going to go out on the podcast for everyone to listen to and you were brave thank enough you. to do that like holy shit so I, thank you like that <laughs> yes that was a gift so i i know that our listeners appreciate that and and that you were you know incredibly empowered to do it so thank you and <laughs> lastly megan mary extraordinaire dream interpreter thank you for coming <laughs> thank you for being a part of this we, I, I personally enjoyed this a great deal. I know the listeners have too and all of us. So thank you for taking time and sharing your gifts with us. We really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Lily, Maya, and Gia. Yes, thank you all of you, you for having me here. Really appreciate it. Absolutely wonderful. Remember to like, share, and follow. This is Seeking the Light of a Thousand Suns, and we will see you next time. Bye.